and welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And it's Christmas. Chris. I mean, I mean, it's December. Kind of Christmas. Christmas it's- in the sense where it's December 6th, and now we can officially hang up all the lights, and even though we already did that weeks ago, we don't have to feel weird about it. Exactly. I don't have to be like, ah, we put up these lights so early, I don't have to be grumpy about it. Mm-hmm. Now I can be excited for Christmas. It's going to fly by, though, so I'm glad we, we got the lights all set up. Mm-hmm. We need to watch more movies. True. And tying into that, we're going to be talking about our favorite Christmas movies growing up, uh, a retrospect and sort of what's changed and our, our current favorite Christmas movies, and some of our favorite Christmas specials that have aired on TV. We this is the this is the episode where we're not going to talk obviously not going to talk about every single Christmas movie we've ever seen and we love um, over the years, but we will be talking about just some of the favorites and we'll give them those little moments to shine because if we try to do ev- an episode on every single movie that we loved, it would probably be a ridiculous amount of episodes, like absurd. I realized while we were making our lists that this was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it would be like okay, I watched this one a lot, I watched this one a lot. There's just so many. I know. When you're trying to put them all together and, like I said, in a retrospect, trying to decide which ones are still my favorite versus which ones were my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah. It's a way harder conversation than uh, just picking five movies and be like, anyways, here's why I like this one. Yeah, exactly. There's so much more to pick from and so much more to think about, too. Um, but the great thing is there's not a whole lot to dive into about these movies. I mean, there are some Christmas movies that have deep meanings and cool interesting backstories but christmas movies i find are mostly just like christmas cheer love and family and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. and so um i feel like there's not a lot to tear apart with some of those old christmas movies and the classics um but there's definitely some amazing movies that we'll talk about so we have like a top five christmas movies list that we'll go through um and just go back and forth and talk about some of our favorites and we might have some repeats but uh, yeah, we just want to let you all know what our favorite Christmas movies are. And everything is, is there any movie, Christmas movie in particular, that impacted you as like a tradition? It wasn't like a, oh, we like this Christmas movie and we'll watch it when we're bored during Christmas, but any one where it's like, it's a staple. Like when you think of Christmas, it's not just a matter of like, oh, fun time of the year. Like this movie comes to head. Is there any that's like that for you? There is, there's a couple. Um, the two that I think of are both on my top five list. Um, so like I will get right into them, but one, one that's not on my top five list that I can think about, um, that I can remember is, you know how like at school it'd be like going to Christmas time and everyone would be like, what Christmas movie do you want to see? That kind of thing. What Christmas movie do you want to watch? Teacher would give you like a couple options. Um, I think, I think that's like a classic tradition because I remember as a kid, always being like, oh, Christmas movies, what's going to be the options? What are going to be the options? And one of them was always Elf. It was always like Elf and something else. And then we always ended up watching Elf. That's true. Um, And I was always like, they'd be like, you want to watch Elf or The Santa Claus? And I'd be like, The Santa Claus, because I've seen Elf so many times, please. Um, But I I think of that one a lot. Um, But leading into like my favorite Christmas movie, and this is a traditional one that we would always watch, every year and we still do is Muppets Family Christmas such a classic so wholesome it's essentially like uh like a Muppets uh just like Christmas melody of some great Christmas songs and um it's got like all the Muppet characters 
that are in the Muppets, and it's also got all the Sesame Street characters are in it, all the Fraggles are in it. Damn. Jim Henson even makes an appearance at the end because he's like there with the. There's a dog from the Fraggles. You've never seen the Fraggles, have you? I know about the Fraggles. Yeah, there's a dog from the Fraggles, and I think his name's like Grover or something. Or Gromit? I don't know. Anywho. The MCU wishes that they, they wish that they could combine cinematic use universes like the Muppets Christmas did. They wish. Um, and at the end, Jim Henson's there, and he's just like, well, these dishes aren't going to do themselves, and Jim Henson does all the dishes for the Muppets. Nice. After they have their Christmas meal. But it's such a wholesome classic one, and I grew up on watching the Muppets and all that stuff, and so we'd watch that every year, um, and it's just an absolute classic. You you talk about that one a lot whenever I ask you, like, your favorite Christmas movies. Mm. Is this your number five, like, starting your list now? Oh, no, it's my number one. So we're going number one to five. Oh, okay. we broke the order. We right broke there. the order. It's okay. We're just going to – well, maybe I'll, that'll just be my number one. We know my number one now, and now we'll, now we'll do five to one. Yeah, um, for sure. But since, since it tied in so well. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's totally number one on my list. Muppets Family Christmas and, and also, like, any Muppets Christmas movie for that matter – um, there's one new one that's not the greatest, uh, cause it's got Whoopi Goldberg as an angel, and that's not why it's bad, but it's just not the best. Um, but there's some classics like I think they do the best adaptation of Scrooge. Like I think they do the best adaptation of that. Um, and because it it's there's something about puppets that um just do justice to some things that people can't. We've been talking about this a lot in my puppetry class that I'm taking this year. Um, just like thinking about the things that puppets can do that people can't. And one of those things I find is um, be these crazy, outrageous characters. For example, um, the ghost of Christmas present is this giant like puppet that is huge and fat. And when he's first introduced to Scrooge, he's like seven times his size. And he's just so jolly and overjoyed. And as a person, you could totally do that. But there's a thing about puppets that makes it that much sweeter and right. nicer. And and it makes the character feel more like, okay, this isn't a person. This is a spirit. This is a literal spirit. Yeah. Um, and so I think, that's, I think that's one of the things that makes the Muppets so special to me is the fact that puppets can do things that people can't. Puppets can get shot out of cannons. Puppets can, um, like, do flips and crazy things. Puppets... Uh, can break the fourth wall all the time, and it's okay. Humans can do this too. It just might go differently. Exactly. Humans can get shot out of cannons, but it's usually CGI, um, and they and it's usually not to the scale of like the Muppets. Like for example, Gonzo, one of the Muppets, the guy with the weird nose. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Him. He's the stunt man, and so he would always get shot out of cannons, but it would never work right, and it would just like blow up in his face, and then he'd just be covered in soot, and he'd be like, ooh, or like he'd get hit with bowling balls or things like that. You can't do that as a person, or you would probably die and suffer injuries. Yeah, it's kind Puppet, of like, like <laughs> puppets are immortal. They, they are the gods. They treat the Muppets the same way they treat Joe Pesci. <laughs> and, uh, and the other guy in Home Alone. Like, they're really just getting every... I, why can't I remember the other guy? I think it's I Daniel remember. Stern. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, no, the Muppets are great, and I absolutely love the Muppets Family Christmas, and I will sh be showing that movie to my children when I get older. This one's frequent. It frequently comes up whenever we talk about Christmas or Christmas time. movies. Yeah, because we talk about Christmas movies, and you're like, "All oh, these Christmas movies," and I'm like, "Y'all have never seen the Muppets Family Christmas, and it shows the d the disrespect. <laughs> the disrespect you've put on Kermit's name. Yeah, I know. Un un 
revocable. I need revocable. Unrevocable. You I need can't to take it, it away. I respect Kermit. <laughs> I think Kermit the Frog is uh he's an innovator. He's he's, he's great. We've got the lights in my uh, room. They're green right now in honor of in honor of Kermit. Also, another thing about Muppets, they also have a Christmas album that I listen to every year, and it slaps. Those are the best. Is when you have like a Christmas special and they release christmas like companion album pieces next to the the movie it's amazing there's a couple examples of that that i can i can bring out but do you but i know i went right into my movie but do you have any uh like family christmas traditions when it comes to movies or things like that i do but i want to save it okay so we'll come up in one of the movies i asked you at the beginning but i don't want to give it away because it's a big one so let's start now that i've said my number one Let's go to number five. What's your number five movie on the list? My number five movie is one that I didn't watch as frequently as the rest on this list. Like, the rest on this list are movies I was, like, every year mm-hmm. for, like, ten years of my life. This one is one that we came to love, uh, me and my family, I think in the last, like, five to six years. So it's a little less important, but my number five is A Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's kind of a cliche to put it in there. But with the amount of fun that we have with that one, it's kind of like the definition of just rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a kid who wants a BB gun at Christmas time, and it's got exactly. all these Christmas hijinks and that absolutely ridiculous bully. Do you know who yeah. I'm talking about? Uh-huh. He's so, I think his name's like Scott Farkas or something. It's ridiculous. It's a gross name. What? But <laughs> I don't remember that. that. That dude is awful. And I think we all get like a couple laughs out of watching that movie every year, mainly because of, of him. And Ralphie's just struggle to get the BB gun. Yeah, no, that's a classic. I I don't think I've I think I've seen it like maybe once or twice. Um, but it's definitely like a cult classic Christmas movie. It's kind of like the definition of a cliche answer to put in there. Yeah, a couple of these on my list are cliche, and I think that's okay with mm-hmm. Christmas movies in particular. Is like I don't need to have some innovative list of Christmas movies I watched growing <laughs> up. But uh, no. Yeah, I think Christmas Story is a, mm. it's a not a special one to me, but it's one that I can repeatedly get joy out of, and yeah. so I had to put it on my list. What's what's your number five? My number five uh, is a movie that probably not a lot of people know. It's called Prep and Landing. It's it's only an hour long. It's more of like a TV special, but it it's, it's a movie, um, and it essentially follows uh, the idea that Santa doesn't go into these houses alone. There's a team of like secret operative elves that prep the house for him so that when he shows up, all he's got to do is put the toys under the tree and get out. That's it. So like they'll go in, they, they essentially, they come into the chimney too, but they drop like a smoke bomb that diffuses the, the campfire. And then they like, you see them like slink down. They got like night vision goggles. So cool. Um, and we, me and my, this is another tradition, uh, me and my aunt and uncle, like my, me, my two sisters and my aunt and uncle would hang out on the eve of Christmas Eve, so the day before Christmas Eve. Um, and we would always spend the night at their house and we watched this movie. Um, and it was a classic. Like, it was so fun. It's such a great Christmas movie. We'll have to watch it. Um, but it's, it's one of those traditions that is, I think, why well, I will carry on for so long. Um, until we grow out of it, really, we still hang out um, with our aunt and uncle, and they have kids now. And so, as a twenty-year-old, it's more of like us looking after their kids and right. just kind of hang out with them. Um, but we still watch this movie, um, and it will forever go down as a classic that I will also show my kids. But I'll have to find it. It's a very obscure movie, and it's hard to find. I was going to say I haven't heard of this. How how old is it? 
Uh, maybe like 2010. Okay. Not so like, that old. Not too old, but is it animated or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's animated. Cool. It, it gives me Arthur Christmas vibes. It, it does have similar Arthur Christmas vibes where like the... Arthur Arthur's brother is like the secret agent, like yeah. military guy who wants to run a tight ship. It's got very similar vibes to that, um, but it's got much a much more wholesome vibe to it because um, the main elf that we follow, he's kind of been doing this for a long time and he's kind of over it. And so, uh, like when he goes to prep the house, he's supposed to prep. He's he's like eating Santa's cookies and watching the TV specials, and he doesn't care. This dude has no respect. Exactly. Um, but then he learns respect through the fact that the Christmas isn't, it's not just for him. It's also for the kids. He's doing this for the kids. Nice. It's for the kids. That's a wholesome movie. So it's, it's great. It's yeah. classic. I've never heard of it. And so I'll have to, we'll have to watch it. We'll yeah. Have to we'll definitely seek have to watch it, it. Yeah. Um, so my number four is how the Grinch stole Christmas. The, the Jim Carrey version. There you go. Because I'm not trying to take away from the classic mm-hmm. Boris Karloff amazing as the grinch he's great yeah um but it's also like 25 minutes yeah it's very short it's a it's like a little snippet it's mm-hmm. like a tv episode and i think that this movie the the jim carrey how the grinch stole christmas is actually pretty r-rated yeah no i, I wouldn't put it r-rated but no not it does R-rated, have its mature moments a lot of the jokes are are aimed at adults yeah and that's one thing i've noticed growing up watching this movie but as a kid this has been one that is always almost always playing mm-hmm. and it's whether it's a background watch or whether it's like a full attention watch like we would open presents to this one yeah or like i'd have friends over and we do like a gift exchange to to this one you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's i think it's just because of like the the box that jim carrey taps into with like that type of humor he's going for yeah it's prime jim carrey and i know some people like i've been seeing online that some people are kind of questioning why our youth loves this movie so much. I'm like, cause it's great. It's so good. Like, I don't understand the argument of like, this is a bad movie. I mm-hmm. will say that a lot of Dr. Seuss movies are bad movies. This is not one of them. I would disagree. Really? I think the Lorax is bad. The Lorax has fucking bangers, man. Danny DeVito. How bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad? Bro, it's so good. What about Mike Myers, Cat in the Hats? <laughs> Cat in the Hat. <laughs> Amazing. So oh, good, dude. It's good. It might it's bad. It is it is bad. Don't get me wrong. It it is not the greatest it's like movie. It's trash entertainment, but it's But good. it's like Michael Myers Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Michael Myers the serial killer as Cat in the Hat. Dude, perfect no. casting. Mike Myers as Cat in the Hat. Like you couldn't ask for a better person to play that character. That's he, true. He is he good at it. He brings this like he brings this new nature to the cat in the hat where the cat in the hat is almost like the Deadpool of um, the <laughs> Dr. Seuss universe. How, how could you say something so outrageous get so bold? Bro, it's so outrageous, but it's so true. You're right. It, like, it's so true. Um, but yeah, I think I think that they, they have some good ones. There's some good ones. I wouldn't say they're all trash. They're not all bad. They have some good ones. But this one is the best one. Yes, I would agree. Jim Carrey, just, he has such an absolutely like ridiculous persona. Like the part where he's uh, going through his schedule. Yes, yeah, so we were going to talk about this. We were going to talk about it, where he's going through his schedule and he's just like... 4 o'clock, wallow in self-pity. 4.30, stare into the abyss. 5 o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell... No one. 5.30, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. 
seven o'clock. Wrestle with myself, loathing. I'm booked. He's just he's uh he's so charming as like the least likable character ever. Yeah. He's like this awful green beast, yet he's like holding the, your attention the entire movie. He's so funny. Or even the moment where he's like sorting the man, he's like jury duty, jury duty, jury duty, yeah. court order, jury duty. It's great. Yeah, man. It's like it's. I think for a lot of people in our in our generation and our youth, probably is up there with Christmas movies. Like, yeah. It's always top ten on Netflix every single year, mm-hmm. and for good reason. I think it's it's accessible to a lot of audiences. Kids can love it and think that how over the top it is is really fun, mm-hmm. and then adults get all these really raunchy jokes that are completely buried in there. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my number four is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. My number four is Polar Express. Mm. Now Polar Express is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I would put it high on this list, but I have other ones that go a little bit higher. Um. But Polar Express is classic. I remember going to see this movie in theaters. I saw this movie in theaters, ladies and gentlemen. I did. I really did that. I uh, was in the front row. It was horrible because I had to, like, strain my neck up to see the screen. Um, But as a kid, I didn't care. I saw the snow falling. The train came right at my face and stopped right before it hit my face. It was all in 3D. It's amazing. Um, But, yeah, this, this movie is a classic. And when you have Tom Hanks, who plays a lot of different characters in this movie. He plays, like, everyone. It's he plays nuts. the train conductor. He plays... Um, He's Santa. Santa. He's the dad of the main boy. Yeah, he plays the dad of the main boy. Um, I can't remember. I don't think he plays the homeless guy. The he home- does. He does? Yeah, that's him. That's him, too? Okay. He also plays the guy with the super long beard, I think. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's just such a classic movie, and it, it will always be... A part of my childhood, I remember when the bell rang and he couldn't hear it, and then he finally heard it, and then he always heard it, but his sister stopped hearing it, and I was like, oh, I know. the magic's gone for her, but not for him. That movie still strikes chords with, um, you know, us as 20-year-olds, obviously. Mm-hmm. We no longer believe in Santa unless you have anything to say. Whoa, whoa, the younger listeners hey. that are listening to this may still believe in Santa. Well, when I say nobody believes in Santa, I mean the magic's faded. Of course, he's still real. <laughs> yeah, if he comes to the mall every year, he's got to be real. Moms listening to this with your kids? <laughs> no if, kids are no listening kids to this. Are what are we talking this? about? We're totally... Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of great things in this movie, but I also have to say, if we go back and look at the animation compared to now... It's dated. It's dated. It's not great. It's not the greatest. Most faces kind of look the exact same. Dude, I remember hating... I remember hating that nerdy kid. He was like, Hey, did you get your ticket? Did you get your ticket stamped? Hey, hey, what, you, did you get hot chocolate? What? Are, what you, you're not going to see Santa? We're going to see Santa. I love Santa. I thought that kid was the worst, but I also thought he was really funny. He was. I saw a video on YouTube like six months ago, and it was that kid, and it was like sicko mode, Mo Bamba. Why not both? <laughs> and it was. Just, I don't know why that kid kind of pretty much represents somebody who would listen to sicko mode and Mo Bamba back to back. Exactly. But yeah, no, that kid was a. He's a dork. Also, one of the greatest, one of my favorite Christmas movie songs comes from that movie, the Hot Chocolate song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we got it. Uh, but Hot Chocolate's a great song. Hot Chocolate is a banger. I think most of the music in this is pretty great. Oh yeah, like the the song where they're looking at the Northern Lights on the back of the on the back of the train. Like the one that goes, 
yeah that one it's really depressing but Mm -hmm. it's really good um yeah that one i I used to listen to that one a lot when i was like 12 years old and i was struggling to believe in santa i was like this must be true polar express told me it's true so it's got to be true honestly while we're on the point and while we're on the topic when did you stop believing in santa do you remember the exact age you stopped believing in santa yeah really yeah it was i think 11 Mm. and that was where i was like totally like this is not real i think there had been doubts in my mind for like nine and ten mm-hmm. but 11 early 11 i was like shit this is not, <laughs> not this real. is not real and my parents had to tell me i remember getting really pissed off at them <laughs> felt like really? i felt like i've been lied to see when i was a kid i would i used to always uh on my christmas list to santa i would always ask if he could leave something to let me know that he's real show me proof and my parents went all out like my dad would take his work boots and put them in the soot and track track them out of the chimney that we had we had a little wood stove fireplace or he'd like leave tufts of white fur on the fireplace as well he i remember there's one year uh that they like ate some of the carrots and um they literally there was like two carrots there and like one was bitten halfway through and then I went outside and found the other half of the carrot outside on the ground. So, like, my parents went all out, but I remember, I don't remember what age it was at, but there was one time where I lost a tooth, and so I put my tooth underneath the pillow, um, and for two days, the tooth fairy never came. And after the second day, I asked my mom, is the tooth fairy not real? And she said, no. And I was like, Easter Bunny? She's like, no. And I was like, Santa? She's like, no. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I think at that point I kind of understood. I kind of knew. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, he's not real. Um, but I think the reason kids kind of want to hold on to it so long is because it's so cool. Like, yeah. you, you grow up and parents get resourceful with that stuff. Like, like you said, like, yeah. some of the things that parents would do to try and convince you as a kid. Kudos to my parents to keeping the magic alive. I know. And I think that's why for so many kids, they don't necessarily want to hear that Santa's not real is because mm-hmm. it's just, it feels so cool every Christmas. Like the magic is obviously different as you grow up. Like it's totally based on different things and different feelings around Christmas, yeah. but it's hard to accept. Like this is the last Christmas where I'm going to get like a present. It's like from Santa. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's just a really cool thing as a kid. And some people get to hold on to it longer than others. And some kids are like six years old and they're like, Santa's not real. Here's a, here's another question I have for you, and I I think I already know the answer. Are you gonna do Santa with your kids? Because I know there's a lot of parents who don't do Santa with their Santa with their kids, uh, just because they're like, I don't want to lie to my kids for years, you know. I'm not shaming your judgment, uh, not yours, but I'm not shaming anybody's judgment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think that's silly to not do Santa because you're like, I don't want to lie to my kids. It's not. It's like the definition of a white lie. You're not harming your kid. Yeah, true. You know, like, uh, I think anybody who misses out on Santa, the kid's missing out on I mean, unless it's not part of your culture or whatever. That's mm-hmm. a totally different thing. But um, kids who are missing out on Santa because parents are like, I don't want to lie to my kids. Get over yourself. They'll be <laughs> fine. They'll be fine. I, I definitely think I'll do Santa with my kids, too. Um, my aunt and uncle, they uh, didn't do Santa with their kids because um, they, I don't, I don't know the specifics for why. Um, but they essentially grew them up telling they, those kids grew up being told, okay, Santa's not real, but mm-hmm. a lot of kids do believe that Santa's real. And right. so you can't spoil that for them. Well, that's fair. Then. And that's fair because, yeah, absolutely. because, um, I, I would hate for my kid to come home from school and be like, my friend told me that Santa wasn't real. Are they lying mm-hmm. or is it the truth? And I have to be like, uh, 
Um, but like, I also totally understand not wanting to do Santa with your kids. Like, Me too. I was just mainly playing. I I, I can see to a certain yeah. extent how. For certain people, that's just how it fits better to their life and Yeah, exactly. Whatever. But for me, I totally want to do Santa with my kids. I want them to experience the magic that I experienced. Yeah. So. And I, it was just such a big thing for me, and I'm, uh, I would love to recreate those same things. Yeah. I, I'd love to do that with my parents and be like, all right, show me your tricks. What did you do? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, let me know. Let me know what you did. Yeah. I gotta, I, I'll have to get tips from my parents because they clearly did it. were amazing. Yeah. Um, You did your number three, right? No. Okay, so you do your number three now. Okay. My number three mm. is Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Great movie. Um, And I don't know if this is one that is widely regarded as, like, overplayed or, like, people have gotten sick of it. I have not. No. Uh, I can watch this movie all the time. Mm-hmm. And going even, even further than just loving the original The Santa Claus, mm-hmm. I like the sequels. Both sequels. Even though they kind of go down in quality really quickly, they do. With the third, I actually think the second's really cute, and I do love that movie. The second's kind of weird. No, the second is him finding his Mrs. Claus. It's cute. The third one's the weird one with Jack Frost. Yeah, the second one's also kind of weird. Cause think about it. I know Tim Allen turns back to Tim Allen, and he looks normal. Mm-hmm. But imagine a big man with a white beard and white hair being like, "Hey." I really love you, but I'm Santa Claus. So you just have to accept that. And that's where true love prevails. I'm not going to lie. If you fall in love with Santa Claus and are okay with him being Santa Claus and understanding that you now have to move to the North Pole yeah. and live with elves the rest of your life, mm-hmm. I totally get that. That is true love right there. To each their own. But that's kind of creepy that the fact that you, to continue to be Santa Claus, you have to get a wife. I know. If you don't get a wife... You're no longer Santa Claus. What a Claus. broken system. What if he's gay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. What if Santa Claus wants a man? Yeah. What What happens then? No, you need a Mrs. Claus. Mr. and Mr. Claus. I'd watch that. That would. That actually sounds dope. It's a good movie. Um, Somebody needs to get on it. Exactly. Uh, but it, I. it's kind of weird. I still love that movie, though. It's great. I think um, there's there's definitely flaws. But the first one is definitely like first the one's ho- good, holy yeah. grail. Like, it doesn't have many flaws. Aside from like, or for me, it doesn't have many flaws. Until mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like... So you just gotta kill someone to become Santa. Yeah, Santa just... fucking gets murked in that movie. He dies. He just kills him. He falls off a roof and dies. Yeah. For a magical, also for a magical man who flies around the world for so long, he's fragile. Watch the way he goes down. If you watch, rewatch the movie, he's like, whoa, whoa, and he yeah, <laughs> falls you, right off. I think you were the one who pointed this out to me. They put, um, they didn't have enough snow on the grounds. So they had to use these, um like snow blankets which were essentially just like these white it must not not have been you because you're looking at me like huh yeah i Um, remember that anywho they they used on the roof of that in the movie these like white snow blankets to make it look like the roof was covered in snow and you can see when santa trips he actually drags one of the blankets and it like moves it's like this full sheet and it's like snow would not move like that yeah but um little little movie movie magic you can find there it's always fun to see little things like that and be like Mm -hmm. i noticed that Exactly. But for me, um, despite this movie kind of being weird in its premise, Mm -hmm. I think Tim Allen is a really great Santa. Oh, yeah. No, he's great. And I think there's just something really fun about watching this bitter dude who lost the magic of Christmas and doesn't really know how to be a proper dad kind of find that back through Mm -hmm. this whole event. It's just a really fun movie. It's, like, so harmless. Mm -hmm. And 
I think a lot of kids will will still enjoy aside from the god awful CGI. It's so bad. It's really bad. But I think a lot of kids will for a long time will be able to enjoy this one because it's just got that Christmas magic. You know what I mean? Like it it radiates in every scene. The set pieces are so like mm-hmm. overwhelmingly Christmas in the score and yeah, it's just really fun and it's a great Christmas movie. I can't remember which which reindeer was, but I remember I vividly remember one of the reindeers in that movie being like farty yeah that's is blitzen was it blitzen i think it's prancer it is prancer i, I think... don't know one of them just like lets him rip and that's his only gimmick that's his thing there's rudolph the lead reindeer that we get to hang out with and prancer who just like farts all the time he eats like an entire bag of like lucy like scott's niece he eats an entire bag of her halloween candy I would say play the audio clip, but just don't do that no, to our audience. I don't, no one needs to hear Blitz and farting. He's like grunting and stuff too. It's not nice, but no. as a kid, fart funny. humor fart humor works. It's funny. So now I rewatch it and I'm like, way too many fart jokes in the mm-hmm. second one here. Um, For my third movie, we don't have to talk about as much because we already talked about it, but third for me goes Jim Carrey's Grinch. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that movie. It's classic. Jury duty, jury duty, can't cancel this on myself. All that good stuff. Even the scene with Baby Grinch is kind of weird, too. Oh, it's, dude, I'm so glad you're addressing it because I was actually feeling like I screwed myself over by not bringing it up. <laughs> he eats glass and stuff, and like he tries to shave his face, and then he gets ridiculed for it. It actually, you know what? Now thinking about it, it really it's really good because Jim Carrey create like fleshed out the character of the Grinch. We knew that he hated Christmas, but he actually gives the Grinch a solid reason for hating Christmas. Yeah. It's cuz no one in the town gave him a chance to like be a person. Like all the people in Whoville were just like, "Wow, you're green looking. You're Whoville's gross. racist." Whoville's racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should use that. Yeah, no, we're leaving that in. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're just kidding, obviously. Um, but no, Whoville, uh, yeah, they didn't even give him, give him a chance to like experience Christmas the way they do. And so it, it's understandable why he leaves um, and hates Christmas forever. But it's also amazing when he comes back and everyone's like, you can, Cindy, Cindy Lou Who, you're the best. Cindy Lou Who, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I put the Grinch is at number three. That scene where he's like a baby is so weird, dude. Like, it's like the test run for Grogu. It's like the, the, <laughs> they really wanted to try it. Who would it, win in a fight, Baby Grinch or Baby Yoda? <laughs> dude, Baby Yoda taking him down. Dude, but Baby Grinch can eat glass. That's true. <laughs> he is a crazy looking dude. I like. I wouldn't mess with him. That's true. But who knows? I agree with what you said, though, about how Jim Carrey does a really good job fleshing that character out and still making it kind of comedic. Like, it's a really sad, like, backstory and everything, and then Mm -hmm. it flashes back, and then Jim Carrey's just hammering it up again, so to not let you get too invested in it. Exactly. And and we also have to mention, too, I mean, this is kind of common knowledge at this point, but kudos to Jim Carrey for going through, like, military training to be the Grinch because he had to wear so many – have you heard this? Jim Carrey essentially had to go through military training because of all the prosthetics he had to wear. Um, and it was so long and grueling. He had to sit in the chair for like five hours before they started shooting or something like that. I knew the prosthetics were crazy, but I didn't know he had to go through like training for it and everything. Yeah, That's just to nuts. like – because it was literal. He would just have to sit there for hours while they put fake hair and fake 
facial prosthetics and like fake everything on him and so he had to like it was essentially torture training pretty much to like be able to sit there and like for so long that's why jim carrey was able to really invest in the role is because every time he finished the makeup for that character he was just pissed off yeah exactly he was like all right let's let it out and then i'm gonna go to bed well yeah that's also another thing too like apparently when they filmed that movie and when they were doing the filmings for that movie jim carrey would actually like be mean to people uh and in his be in his character like the entire time um and i totally understand that because Mm -hmm. like if you're playing that kind of character who literally hates everyone and you're constantly just exuding so much hate um it makes sense that you would bring it into like your real life for a bit i know that jim carrey's talked about it too and been like yeah i was horrible yeah um but it's crazy how much stuff he had to go through for that movie but hey he made one heck of a christmas movie jim carrey went full method actor for the grinch where's exactly. his oscar where, where yeah bring it to him please if he's not gonna win it for eternal sunshine of the spotless mind he at least deserves it for the grinch mm-hmm. that's a snub uh what's your number two christmas movie what's number two on your list where does number two go my number two is a movie that now as an adult is my number one but mm. due to like nostalgia and everything it has to sit at number two and that is home alone home alone's a classic I also I also have Home Alone as my number two. Really? Okay, yeah. so we can address this together. Uh-huh. Home Alone, and I know I keep going back to this point of like endless replay mm-hmm. for me, but I think I've actually watched Home Alone maybe once or twice a year for like eleven years. Yeah, it's a it's a classic. I've I think I've probably watched it every single year as well. Like, like I it and it perfectly shows like being a kid at Christmas. And how overwhelming that can be, like, or I guess in a household like Kevin's in yeah. particular, just intent. Like, and when I say how overwhelming it can be, I mean like so many people and so mm-hmm. many like it's all of a sudden like Christmas, Christmas. You gotta say hi to everyone. Don't forget to go kiss your grandmother on the cheek because she's leaving early. But then she's going to pick up your cousin and then she's coming. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. this frantic thing. And I think the first like twenty minutes of Home Alone like perfectly encapsulate that oh yeah national lampoons is really good at doing that too mm-hmm. but yeah home alone is great at it and macaulay calkin is like his performance in that has ingrained itself so far into pop culture it's iconic i think everybody does like the and like the i just did the face you can't see me we're just gonna do a you podcast even scream you gotta be like <laughs> it's just it's iconic and that's a word that's so easy to just like gloss over and use frequently yeah but macaulay culkin's performance in this is pretty much like the definition of it yeah everybody does it parents do it kids do it um people who don't even know what they're doing do it like, yeah everyone does like the slap the face scream ah, kind mm-hmm. of thing and i think it's just like a great wholesome story of like the themes here are awesome like he, he wishes away his family and then literally they're gone mm-hmm. and he's left alone at like the time of the year where everybody wants their family the most and exactly he thinks it's like oh i get to live it up get to live it up and then slowly kind of goes downhill when robbers show up and start trying to take mm-hmm. the house joe pesci is iconic dude he's so good here like so good i think um i, I read something about how during the making of this he he wasn't used to not being able to say fuck because <laughs> of like the god or not the godfather um 
Goodfellas. Yeah. He's in so many like mobster movies. He's always playing like a, a tough dude. Mm-hmm. And they literally had to give him like a new vocabulary. So when he was going to say fuck, he could say something else. Oh, that's so that's why he was always like, yes, that's what it was. Yeah. They were like, dude, you can't swear at the kids movie. You just have to mumble. Yeah. So that was what he would do. And I think that's so Joe Pesci. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. One of my favorite lines from the movie, a lot of people are like, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, or like whatever the heck. My favorite one is just, Kevin! Yeah. Kevin's so good. Just, Kevin! Um, Catherine O'Hara is, this is kind of showing you very early on what she would do like 20 years later in Shit's Creek. Yeah. Or not, maybe, maybe it's a little bit longer than 20, but that over-the-top performance it's far less subtle in Shit's Creek. Like mm-hmm. she's way more over the top in Shit's Creek, but it, it's so funny how you can trace like that type of acting that she does now back to like Home Alone and just seeing that over the top vibe that she was really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly, also since we're talking about Home Alone, I just realized this: um, a movie that I want to we're gonna do honorable mentions as well. One of my honorable mentions is uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I've never seen this Christmas movie. My dad wants me to watch it so badly, so I do need to watch it with him. Um, but uh, the one of the main actors in it, John Candy, he is also in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. He's the leader of the polka band. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, I find, that in a movie like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where it's like John Candy and um, the guy who plays Pink Panther, that I can't remember his name, it's Martin something, um, but uh, uh, it's all about like them trying to using these different forms of transportation to get somewhere, right? And then guess who's there to give uh, 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 Macaulay Culkin's mom Catherine a ride? Uh, is John Candy mm-hmm. to give give her a different form of transportation with his polka band? Something about John Candy that's really cool about this movie too is he wanted to be in it. But they didn't have the budget. And they were like, we do not have the budget for you. You're John Candy. You're huge. And he was like, all right, pay me. They paid him less than they paid the pizza delivery dude. Really? Like like nothing. You know? Yeah. Like he has more lines than the pizza delivery dude. I know. But they paid the pizza delivery dude more. And he wasn't even an established actor. Dang. And John Candy was just like, yeah, just pay me this. Because he just wanted to be in it. And I think he was, I think he was friends with John Hughes. And that's why he was there. Mm -hmm. But that's like a cool little way of just. He was huge at the time, man. John Candy's great, and it's really fun to see him in this movie and know that he literally just took the role and took no money for it because he just wanted to be in Home Alone. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've already, I've obviously already said my number one Christmas movie being Muppets Family Christmas. Amazing Muppets do great Christmas movies. What's your number one Christmas movie? Okay, we're here. Mm-hmm. It's actually been, it's been in your list. My number one Christmas movie. Wait, let me guess. It's Polar Express, isn't it? It's Polar Express. Yeah. And we we could go back to the things you've already said about how the animation is not great. It's aged pretty terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, everything else is really great here. Yeah. And mainly more than anything, this movie is my number one because of the nostalgia. Like mm-hmm. I could tell whole stories about what this movie means to me, but it was like every year since I was like a little boy. And I remember we, we'd watch it and my dad would be like, seeing this movie in 3D would be great. And you said you got to see it in theaters. I got to see it in theaters in 3D. I never did. And so every year, me and my dad, we were, or my whole family, but me and my dad in particular would talk about how we wanted to see it 
uh, in 3D and how that was like a goal of ours and it was probably something that would never happen because there's no way but we wanted to see it in 3D and a couple of years ago Cineplex redid it in 3D and they did big showings of it mm-hmm. tickets were two dollars two dollar tickets my whole family saw Polar Express in 3D after years of wanting to see it for ten bucks hop on that train get that golden ticket for two dollars right mm, but sweet. the 3D for this is great and yeah. like you said animation is mediocre mediocre but the 3D is not mediocre. This is a great example of a movie actually doing something with the 3D that it has. Mm-hmm. So many movies, once 3D became like a big gimmick, they were like, yeah, uh, 3D, just go see it in 3D. It's uh, it's cooler. Mm-hmm. And, like I saw Up in 3D, most underwhelming 3D experience in my life. Yeah, it's not meant for 3D. Polar exactly. Express has so many great 3D moments. Like the when they drop like the roller coaster sequence. I guess it's not really a roller coaster, but it looks like a roller coaster sequence yeah. with the train going down all the... Mm-hmm. Roller coaster style train tracks and everything, or like even when the conductor gets his beard pulled and he goes, Wah! yeah, and then it makes all the reindeer get out of the way. Mm-hmm. This was like every Christmas Eve, not even like every Christmas season. Like it was one of those things where nobody in my family was allowed to watch this prior to Christmas Eve, and mm-hmm. if anybody did, it was like disrespect on the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> we'd get like crazy snacks, and we'd all watch this one with like the whole family every year, and then we'd. Uh, open a present after watching this and then my grandfather when we were younger would call us and he'd have like a number blocker and he'd pretend to be santa oh nice and so we'd watch the movie and he would do his best like tom hanks santa impression and everything that's pretty awesome it's awesome so like the memories for this one just run so deep and so personal that going back to what i said at the beginning of the episode to you christmas movies that are, are tradition Mm-hmm. Like going beyond any other Christmas tradition, like what's one of the most important things to me at Christmas? And it's Polar Express. Yeah. Like without a doubt, the soundtrack is slaps. Mm-hmm. I just, I think about this movie every year and if I don't watch it, I feel bitter. I'm like, I, I messed up the Christmas season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some, there's some classic Christmas movies that I will put in my top five. That's my top five right there. Um, it's, it's, I think it's pretty good. Uh, but there are obviously some that we didn't really get to talk about. So really quickly, I'm not even going to talk a whole lot about these movies. I just want to shoot through our honorable mentions. Um, so I have five honorable mentions here. I've got Nightmare Before Christmas. Great movie. Just don't put it in the top five because it also feels like a Halloween movie that you could watch either at Halloween or Christmas. Uh, my girlfriend said a really awesome thing where it's like, watch it in November, halfway from Halloween to Christmas. Right in the middle. You get it's both great. vibes. Um, and in the apocalypse is also on there. This is a pretty recent movie. Um, I just don't put it in my top five because it's also a zombie movie and a musical. I was gonna say tell the tell the audience about Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, Anna and the Apocalypse is great. It's a zombie Christmas musical. Um, and it sounds such like such a weird combination, but it makes for such a lovable, great movie that I will watch every December. I think because it's so great, and the and the soundtrack. Oh my goodness, the soundtrack is amazing. I mean, they do have that really weird principal, and he has his crazy uh, song, and he's a little nuts, but he's still great. Um, the, mo- the more I get into musicals and and listen to a lot more musicals, when I first watched this movie, I hated the principal character. And now I realize that he's kind of just that dramatic, over-the-top musical number that nobody likes. Yeah, exactly. It's the villain's musical number. Yeah, that everybody will skip when they listen to the soundtrack, it's but the... it's got to be there. And, I mean, there are some movies that do that great. Like, I think one of my favorite villain songs is Poor, Un- Poor Unfortunate Souls that mm-hmm. uh, Ursula sings in Little Mermaid. So good. Hamilton does it really good, too. Hamilton does it. There's no villain in Hamilton. Well, the king. 
He's not the yeah, villain. Yeah, I guess so. But I just mean that like you'll out of place back musical number. Soon you'll see. No, it's great. Um, but in the Apocalypse is uh, a great movie, and it's um, un- it's surprisingly uh, Christmassy and surprisingly meaningful. And so check it out if you've never seen it, because um, it's a good one. I remember literally just texting you. I was like, zombie Christmas musical. Thoughts. And then we went to go see like, it. Yeah, I'm in. And we were the only... No, there was one other dude in the theater. One other dude. But we were like some of the only people in the theater. It was great. It was... I did not uh, have high standards for this one. I was mm. like, sounds ridiculous. Let's go see it. And yeah, I, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. If you if you think you'd slightly be interested in a zombie Christmas musical, like if part of you in your deepest pits of your soul is like, that sounds kind of fun, but stupid. Go watch it. Yeah. It's good. Um, continuing down my list of honorable mentions, I gotta put Klaus on there because that's a great animated movie. Um, it's on Netflix. It came out last year. Check it out if you haven't. Really Oscar good. nominated. Klaus. Oscar nominated. Ooh. Um. Also on my list is National Lampoon's Family Christmas. It's so good. I love Chevy Chase in it. Um. You actually slept on this movie, and I love this movie. My dad showed this movie to me. It's great. It's awesome. Slept on this movie for so long. Thought I disliked it. Not even like, I I never actively like hated it, but mm-hmm. I thought from my memories, I was like, I didn't enjoy that. Like, and I thought my whole family felt the same way. And we rewatched it, posted a review on the Instagram page. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved it. Yeah. It's great. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, and then finally planes, trains, and automobiles. I haven't seen it yet, but I will watch it. Dad, let's watch it. Let's do it. Dad, if you're listening. You're talking to him. You scared me for a minute. That's specifically to my dad. You were looking at me, so I was like, what? Dad. Um, that's a great list. Uh, yeah. My honorable mentions are Klaus. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said it. Great movie. Um, really excited to see how this one ages. Yeah. In the next, like, 10 years, I want to I wanna know if people are still watching this one, because I, I think it might be a classic eventually. Mm. Um, my other one is Elf. I was going to have this on my list, but I, I mentioned it to you. I was like, it feels weird to yeah, have no. Elf on my list after all this time. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Elf is a phenomenal Christmas movie. It's funny. Will Ferrell is doing the absolute most in it. Um, nothing left to be said about that one. Yep. Um, other one, the dipping into out of my childhood realm. These are Christmas movies that I've come to love in the, love in the past few years. Gremlins. Gremlins is great. Gremlins is an absolute like nightmare taking place on christmas and it's Mm -hmm. awesome i think gizmo is like gizmo was the baby yoda of the 90s i know yeah Mm -hmm. dude i want to know how much we talk about baby yoda on this show a lot let's make every episode yeah let's make a bingo chart take a drink every time (laughs) we mentioned baby yoda but yeah gizmo is is awesome and stripe is a maniacal fuck and he's evil gremlins is just so much fun and i I think about it often i Mm -hmm. i want gizmo tattooed on me I'm just joking. That was a total joke. <laughs> I was about to say, I've seen some bad gizmo tattoos. Me too. That's why I said that. Is there's some really bad gizmo tats online? Yeah. Um, my next one is Black Christmas, which, funny enough, this is a horror movie set on Christmas. A serial killer breaking into sorority house and killing a bunch of people. It's really messed up. It's also directed by the same guy who directed A Christmas Story. Nice. So he was like, I'm gonna make a Christmas movie about childhood wishes and, and family and then I'm also going to make one about a serial killer murdering people on Christmas mm-hmm. but this one is um kind of like I mentioned this on our Halloween episode this is kind of like the OG slasher people don't like to give it that much credit but it's 1974 oh and it came that's like a year after The Exorcist and it came before like I think this is like six to seven years before Halloween even came out wow so this movie is first off great Christmas movie 
um, kind of, if you're down to watch people die in a Christmas movie. But um, it's got a lot of Christmas needle drops that work really well, and it's it's super slow burn and creepy, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final honorable mention is a a modern favorite for me. If I was talking Christmas favorites right now in my life, this would be on the list. It's The Night Before. Yeah, that's a good one. Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I can't remember the other actor's name. Uh, uh, Andrew or something. He's the guy who plays Black Falcon in um, or not Black Falcon. I mixed up Black Panther and Falcon. Falcon. He's the guy who plays Falcon in uh, Captain America. Anthony Mackie. Anthony yeah. Mackie. Oh, it's close. A. Eh? But Night Before is super nasty, and it's pretty much just a Seth Rogen comedy set on yeah. um on Christmas. But I just love watching Seth Rogen take as many drugs as he can while trying to get to a Christmas party. <laughs> nice. It's nuts. And by the time Seth Rogen's on mushrooms in this movie, I'm like totally invested and mm-hmm. I'm laughing my ass off every single time I watch this movie. And the needle drop of Runaway is like unironically like the best needle drop in cinematic so history. Great. So great. Don't even at me. Um, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, there are totally a ton of more Christmas movies that we could talk about, but... Before before we end off the episode, um, I wanted to talk Christmas specials. And mm-hmm. when I say Christmas specials, it's kind of a, a vague statement. But I mean like the, the Frosty the Snowmans, the, the OG Grinches, mm-hmm. and, and like episodes of TV, right? Yeah. So I know you don't really have a list. There's just a couple you wanted to mention. I've, just got, I've only got one to mention. So I will quickly mention it right off the top. Um, I absolutely love the TV show Community. I've been trying to get Hayden to watch it for years, and he's finally going to do it eventually at some point. But Community does some of the best holiday specials I think I've ever seen in TV. And one of their great moments, some of their great moments, are their Christmas episodes. they got really good Christmas episodes. Um, Their Halloween ones are arguably a little better, um, but the Christmas ones are very good. And so some of them that I just want to mention, there's a Christmas episode where Jeff, the main character, uh, gets in a fight with essentially the school bully. He's supposed to fight the school bully. And um, and Shirley doesn't want him to do it because it's Christmas and what the heck, why would you do that? Um, but they eventually end up fighting and it's the entire study group versus the bully and his fighting group. And they, it's an all-out brawl in a winter wonderland on the front of the campus. People are getting beat over the head with candy canes, punched into the snow, snowballs thrown at their face, that kind of stuff. It's so good. Also, I have to mention, there is an after-credits um, clip in this show. This show does some of the greatest, also does some of the greatest after-credits stuff I've ever seen um, in every funny. single episode. Every single episode has an after-credits thing. That's funny because this show was done by the Russo brothers. Exactly. Before they went on to do exactly. like multitudes you, of after credits. If you don't know what community is, let me just tell you, it's done by the Russo brothers and Dan Harmon, the man who made Rick and Morty. We are talking about a star studded, absolutely amazing writing team here. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Oh my goodness, it's some of the best TV I've ever watched. But one of their after uh, credits things is Christmas Troy. So one of the characters, Troy, gets dressed up in a bunch of Christmas decorations, and they sing, oh, Christmas tree, but they replace the word tree with Troy. The sight of thee at Christmas tide spreads hope and gladness far and wide. Oh, Christmas Troy, oh, Christmas Troy, thou tree most fair and lovely. Don't move. This nose smells like special drink. 
Um, and it's really funny because Abed's in there dressing up Troy, and then Jeff walks in, and he's like, is this what you guys always do? Are you guys always this weird? And they're just like, yeah. And then he joins in on the festivities, and he starts singing, and they decorate Christmas Troy, and he's got this little red nose on him. And at the end of the song, he goes, this smells like special drink. When he, and he means alcohol. But it's great. It's so good. And so that's me once again saying that community is god tier tv and you should watch it i know you love it i need i need to make it happen i'm gonna just start bugging you every single day until you start watching it you're gonna wake me up at like nine and be like just your uh, daily community reminder exactly hey watch community but yeah no so that's like i mean there are other christmas specials that i could probably call out as a kid but those are ones that like now i watch and i'm like this is amazing absolute christmas vibes like True. It Fantastic. Just, do you watch them yearly, those episodes, or that episode in particular? Uh, No, but I should. I did I did actually. It was funny because uh, me and Morgan just watched Community because he had never seen it, and I rewatched it with him, and we hit the Halloween episode when Halloween happened, and we also hit a Thanksgiving episode when Thanksgiving was happening. So um, because it's four years, essentially. Well, it goes on for six years, but mm-hmm. I mean – the first four seasons are the only good season. Season five kind of sucks, and season six is trash. But Oof. it's still great. Trash, that's a big word. It's not trash, but it's just not as, not as good. But um, uh, it was great to like hit those episodes on those holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. I, I need to make it happen. I need to watch that show. You have to. It, it hurts me in on the inside. I will start with the Christmas episode. No, I'm kidding, no. Kidding. That's disrespect. Start from the beginning. Um, So a couple... Christmas specials that mean a lot to me that I feel like if I was talking Christmas movies that I would just I would be doing an injustice to my childhood to not mention these mm-hmm. uh, I love the animated Frosty the Snowman great one and honestly before I even go further than this I can just fly through them quick I really love the Rankin Boss style like animation mm-hmm. or not the style the guys who made it um, but I love their vibe the claymation that they did um, with Santa Claus is coming to town and I believe they also did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph is my like childhood one. I remember watching that a lot. It's a great one. That one, I think, is my favorite. Or actually, Frosty the Snowman would be my favorite. I don't know if that's done by them. I don't think it is. I don't think so. Um, but Frosty the Snowman would probably be my favorite. And then those other little shorts, it would be Rudolph. Have you seen the Santa Claus is Coming to Town one? Yeah, I have. I have seen that one. With the uh, ultimate redemption arc of the big old Yeti putting the star on top of the tree? Yeah. Um, I... One thing I do want to say from Rudolph, though, is it also has the banger song of the Island of Christmas to- uh, Misfit Toys. Yes, dude. We are the Island of Misfit Toys. So good. I'm just going to put the audio in on every point that do I it. sing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, those those three, um, even though they're not really correlated by the people who made them, I don't think, mm. um, are ones that stick out to me as being like very similar. And I think... Honestly, it would probably play out with like me watching Frosty because it's 20 minutes and then me watching Santa Claus is Coming to Town because it's like 40 minutes and then me watching Rudolph because these are all really short. Mm-hmm. But the amount of heart and uh, childhood memories that people have from something that's so short, like these mm-hmm. are like 20 minutes, like the length of an episode of TV. But they stick with people for every year. These come back into minds on Christmas. Well, like, that's exactly why they were 20 minutes because they put them on TV. It's like. I, I remember watching that on TV so many times. Like, I'd just be watching, like, YTV, and then, hey, Rudolph's coming on. Mm-hmm. And so you watch that on TV. And so it's like, that's exactly why there were 20 minutes is because it's just like, 
here's this awesome Christmas thing while you're watching TV to feel the Christmas season. You don't have to watch a full movie. This is just like an episode of TV that you watch. They they are perfect for wrapping gifts. Oh, yeah. Like putting these on while you're wrapping presents in the background or while you're, you know, making dinner. Like these mm-hmm. are really perfect for just the time of the year. And also, also, one thing I want to say, this just popped into my mind um, as an honorable mention that I forgot to mention, is the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I didn't watch that much as a kid. I watched it a couple times when I was an adult. Um, but the music is so classic. I remember listening to the music from that for so long. And I think uh, at one point when my dad had a record player, we had the record of the Charlie Brown Christmas music. Oh, that's awesome. And so it was great to put the record on and be like, Christmas time is here. So I mean... The Charlie Brown Christmas special was never one that I personally connected with, and I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've tried watching it a couple of times, and I don't really think anybody in my family cared for it. But that music, yeah, it's is, iconic. Yeah, it, whether you know you're listening to Charlie Brown music or not, you're gonna hear someone sing that at some point. And you year. always hear somebody reference like a pitiful looking Christmas tree as a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. True. So. Yeah. And I don't have this one even in my favorite Christmas specials list, but thinking about it after bringing it up earlier. The original Grinch is awesome, and yeah. uh, Jim Carrey is my definitive one just because of my mm-hmm. childhood and the time frame I grew up, uh, and because he fleshes the character out, but Boris Karloff is a menace, and when you're watching the Grinch strictly as, like, they're not trying to make him sympathetic, he's just a menace who hates Christmas, and then he changes at the ending, mm-hmm. and I think it works pretty great for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, animation's awesome exactly. for, like, the time. When was this? Like, the 50s or 60s? Not the 50s, but I think yeah. it's the 60s. Maybe the 60s. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And a completely out of place Christmas special that I felt I had to mention. Mm-hmm. The Phineas and Ferb Christmas special. If any of my family's <laughs> listening right now, they're all probably fist pumping, right? <laughs> like, um, Phineas and Ferb's an awesome show. It's a lot of kids um, in my generation, in our generation, mm-hmm. sorry, love that show. It's like, I think 2009, 2010, so I was probably watching the show when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and the Christmas special is kind of like these previous ones that I had mentioned where it's like an isolated, totally unrelated to the rest of the story, uh, 30 minute thing. Mm-hmm. And most of Phineas and Ferb, if not all of it takes place during one summer. The show just casually takes place during winter and they don't say anything about it. Yeah. It's like, Hey, it's Christmas now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're still out of school. Just mm-hmm. it's fine. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I remember, I remember watching that now that you knew, now that you mention it, because I remember the, the I always wanted to be on the cannon that Ferb was on when he shot presents out of that cannon. Yeah, dude. Just like, doof, 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 and they're shooting out and then just like parachuting down. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because don't they, don't they essentially have to do Santa's job? Yeah. Like, oh, no. I know what it is. Dr. Doofenshmirtz makes Danville, the entire tri state area, um, it's naughty. And yeah. so Santa doesn't come. And so the kids are like, we got to give the presents. Because one of Santa's elves realizes, but it's too late to change Santa's exactly. thing. So like the elves come and help Phineas and Ferb and they deliver all the presents. It's like that classic story of like, Santa needs help. And well, it's kind of different. They twist it a little bit. but It's a classic. It's always, it's most Christmas movies that involve Santa. Something happens to Santa and somebody else has to step in to do Santa's job. I know, because apparently movies love to frame Santa as incompetent at what yeah. he does. The man travels around the world and delivers presents and builds these presents too. But in almost in almost every movie where, that he's in, he's pretty incompetent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the music for this one is inescapable and it's not music that should be playing like through a speaker every year. It's like the Phineas and Ferb Christmas soundtrack. But 
when I lived at home, I'd walk upstairs and my, my dad would be cooking dinner and he's like vibing to Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And odd. It's 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 odd. <laughs> I can't say I remember any of the songs from that movie. Um, they're all pretty unremarkable, <laughs> except for Doofenshmirtz has one where he's like, "I really don't hate Christmas," and he's singing about how he hates every other holiday, but Christmas is the one that he doesn't hate. Hmm. It's, it's ridiculous, but I mean, it's it's fun, and that's about it. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of great Christmas specials and movies and all that stuff out there. The and, Office too. And, yeah, The Office has got some good ones too. Um, but yeah, this, this Christmas, if you can't go see your family, if you're stuck at home, if you still want to spend some time with your family, watch a movie, watch a classic Christmas movie. Don't go on Netflix and be like, what's the most recent Hallmark crappy trash Christmas movie that I can see? Go back to the classics. Remember the good old days. Yeah. Cause we all need some, we all need some good memories to bring some lightheartedness into the season. Um, also if for all those uh, the, for any of those who don't know um there's this thing called netflix party and they've now just made it available on a bunch of different streaming services it's an app you can get on your google chrome browser it's free and it allows you and different people on different devices via a link to watch a movie together on netflix or on amazon prime or anywhere um, I won't, don't want to say anywhere because I don't know. I didn't look up the limitations. They've of it got now. a couple limitations, but they have most streaming services now. Exactly. So if you can't be with your family and you always watch a Christmas movie with your family, check out that little Chrome extension because then you could bring some of that magic back and watch Muppet Family Christmas with your family. You could watch Elf again if you really want to. I don't see why you would because I've seen it like 14 billion times, but it's okay. The whole like world it. the whole world is going to quote that all, all of December, so if you really still want to watch Elf by the end of the month, you go for it. Sure. Um, but yeah, there are some really good Christmas movies out there, and I'm sure that some people have different favorite top fives, but we just wanted to share ours with you since we're not going to get a chance to talk about all of them this Christmas season. Yeah, um, I think we're doing three Christmas episodes, and our next two are very different discussions, and we kind of realized that there wasn't a lot of room to talk about our favorites mm -hmm. in, in the discussions that we're going to be having. So I was like, let's do an episode on Christmas favorites, and it might have might, been a little bit messy, but... Ah, who cares? Who cares? We talked about some great Christmas movies. Um, yeah, like, like you said, if you can't see your family this season... Watch Netflix Party, because we watched Tiger King mid-quarantine. Yeah, we did. That. There's we, nothing like Tiger King quarantine. Nothing like Tiger King quarantine. <laughs> it doesn't hit the same. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I think that's our episode on um, on Christmas movies. Uh, I'm, I'm so bitter, because there's so many, so much more I could have said. And that's the thing, is like, Christmas movies are such a beloved thing to so many people, that even when you rank ten of them, or mm -hmm. give like five, and then give five honorable mentions, I'm still like... But what about Arthur Christmas? I kind of, kind of forgot about Arthur exactly. Christmas. What about Christmas with the Cranks? What about That's all a good these one. great ones? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's tons on there. Check them all out. But if you don't really feel like watching a bunch of Christmas movies, maybe you could listen to all our episodes that are on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you want to check it out. You can also check out our Instagram if you're bored and don't want to watch Christmas movies. You can. It's at the Dive In Movie Cast. We post a bunch of Christmas movie stuff. We will be this month. And yeah. we post other movie news and things like that. Um, and you can also check out our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Kiffin. I am at Hayden Kutras, and it is the same on our letterbox. So yeah, uh, we hope. I just wanted to say, we're doing the 12 days of dive in on our Instagram. Going to be uh, 
12 different movie reviews. We started with National Lampoons, as we had mentioned earlier in the episode. So I'm going to try and avoid writing about the ones we talked about on this podcast and go for some underrated Christmas movies or, or new Christmas movies. So if you're looking for suggestions or uh, just uh, reviews or opinions on other Christmas movies, check out our Instagram. Yeah, we'll be posting a bunch of those there. So yeah, thanks for watching. And once again, we are the Dive In Movie Cast.